Second and victory. It has been one wild week to be a Tennessee Titans fan. A lot to discuss, a lot to get into. I am happy to uh, to sit here with my two co-hosts, Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What's up, guys? What's up? How are you feeling? That's a real question. I'm great. How are you feeling? It's better than the Predators. Yeah, man. <laughs> so was it was it five goals in the first ten minutes? Uh, no. Four. They scored the fifth with like five to go in the period. Oh, I believe, but it was it was but it was four in like the first five minutes. Backup. Yeah, it goals. was it was two goals in the first two and a half minutes for sure. Backup goalie. Yeah, man, they need the, UC back. But man, the fall off from from UC yeah. is insane. <laughs> it's a lot different than the fall off from Pekka to UC. Yeah. Um, and I think. And I think with the last regular season game up four nothing, they just blow that Dude. team. Man, and you wouldn't the, even be playing Colorado. You got they're trending the wrong direction. I, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you know who is doing well? The Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, and the Boston Celtics. Celtics hoping too, man. Yeah, can't complain. John uh, Miranda is, is a an alien. I think we're trying to deflect. Uh, our feelings right now, <laughs> opinions on the, on the Titans. We don't want to talk about it, but uh, it's what we do, man. I, and there's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about, a lot of good things, and then there's some some confusing, questionable, questionable head scratching moves, and uh, some things that have happened the last just the last week. Um, I mean, this time, literally this time last week, we're not thinking about some of the things we're talking about today. Not it's not even on our radar, and now we're having to talk about it in. Uh, the 2022 and beyond seasons are going to look a lot different for the Titans. Let's um, just kind of let's kind of start with Thursday night watching the draft. Uh, it starts wild with you know Trayvon Walker going one. I know yeah. there's some rumblings behind behind it, but I I didn't actually think it would happen. Um, it's the Jags though. Yeah, it's Jacksonville. Honestly, it's Jacksonville, and then they. I mean, Trent Baalke's still there. So are you? Can't really expect anything else. It made it seem like this was a Doug Peterson pick, though, based on everything they were saying on the broadcast, which I found interesting. Because um, <clears throat> I think he is a good coach. Obviously, he got kind of run out of Philly. Um, but for to take a – I mean, project, is is there is that the right word for, for Walker there? I think so. Um, an unproductive project for the most part. Like, he had nine and a half over sacks somebody, in three years in Georgia. Over somebody like Hutchinson, like I, I think, know, I think, I mean, you cannot make the argument. I mean, there's 15 Georgia players get drafted. I think it's the yeah. most ever in a draft. I think I saw that correctly. Yep. Uh, five in the first round, I believe. Am I making that up? At one point, at one point, there are more Georgia players <laughs> with the last name Walker drafted than the entire Big Twelve. That's crazy. <laughs> what? But, I mean, you I, can make it. Go ahead, Chris. I, I was gonna say, like the the thing is though, he's like he was kind of like behind some extremely talented players on that Georgia roster, and so if mm-hmm. you can tap into that potential, I mean the Jags the Jags got a gold mine of a player, but you've got to get that potential. One hundred percent. That's what I was gonna say. Is just that you could make an argument that he was not the best Georgia player on that defense. Um, you can I mean Kobe or Jordan Davis. Yeah. Um, not him. But like you said, Brett, Jags are going to jag. And, <laughs> you know, I, I still think, too, with the Aiden Hutchins pick, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not sold on Aiden. I do think he'll be a better pro than yeah, Trevor Walker. I text all this, but I get Bo Callahan vibes from draft day. I do, too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just kind of – he seems like the kind of guy who uh, is definitely full of himself. I love – I enjoy watching draft day. I think every time it's on, I do stop and watch it just because it's – Oh, same. One of the only movies like that out there, if not the only one. I wish they would make more, maybe a more real, uh, maybe a documentary or something like that. Because um, it, it is an interesting movie, and I know it's super, you know, Hollywood, and it's not how 
that stuff goes on draft day, I don't think, for the most part. Yeah. But hell of a movie. Anyway, um, fast forward. Let's go all the way to pick 17. The Chargers on the clock. They take Zion Johnson. You're like, damn, there's another guy. Off the I didn't even here. realize it. I realize it. I didn't either. Hour, honestly. I it literally, it was like in the 20s, and I was like, is Zion still on the board? And then I went back and looked, and I was like, oh, no, he got drafted. Brandon Slick, a good pick for the Chargers. Oh, it's yeah. a great pick. That one must great have not pick. been. I was, I, was having to, I was in a hotel, and I was having to watch the ESPN broadcast. Well, so I'm assuming there must have been a commercial or something during that pick. Well, I, I didn't did realize that either because right before his pick was announced, I just dropped a bombshell, and it just flipped everything else upside down. So. Yeah, so I think that's probably why, Chris. I think we all kind of reacted this very possible. Yeah, we we talked about it last week. Um, that my thing is, I check Twitter all the time, and, and it's just it's just the broadcast is delayed, especially <laughs> for, with commercials and stuff like that. I'm checking Twitter, and I saw most of that stuff before it happened, and I was gonna wait until the Titans picked, but then, like you said, Brett, they dropped the bombshell maybe of the off season. Yeah. After all the talks of AJ Brown is staying, we want to make it work work out a long-term deal. Brable said, as long as I'm the head coach, A.J. Brown's going to be on my team. They trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles for a first-round pick and a third-round pick. What I'll tell you my initial reaction in a second. But I mean, what, what went through y'all's head? What did you do when you found out? Uh, I, well, I stood up in the air, and I just yelled it out. I was standing in the Titans radio studio with Joe Honk, who produces 3HL. And I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. I just kind of stood up because I didn't, I mean, I didn't see that it was going to, ha- I didn't think it was going to happen. So I just kind of stood up and yelled it out. And then like three seconds later, I was like, holy cow, they actually did it. And it kind of felt like, you know, I mean, we all play football, but you know, when you're younger and you get tackled with somebody's, somebody's uh, helmet goes right into your stomach and just knocks all the breath out of you. That's what it felt like to me. Like, I felt like, I was like, dude, holy cow. Like, I like, almost felt sick. Like there's, because to me, I was like, there's no way that they just did this. And I don't know, man. It was a uh, – it's one of the most shocking moments I've had in a long time. Almost, I kind of felt like when the Predators traded Shea Weber, honestly. Yeah, I uh, – the return for Shea Weber was a, a little more exciting, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, just, I, I think I immediately texted you guys and then immediately called my mom. Um, my mom's – I've talked about it on the pod before – She's possibly just as big of a Titans fan as I am. Uh, so I called her and she was just getting home from work and hadn't turned it on yet. She was like freaking out. She was like, what? Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was kind of earth, like an earth shattering type thing. Like what just happened? Even though, I, I mean, you know, obviously we'd been hearing about like rumblings, but something, I knew something had to have gone awry whenever it happened because Vrabel and J-Rob were both so outspoken about keeping him. Kind of the same thing as y'all. I was sitting here in the living room watching it and had some friends over and Cordy just got home and I just let out a massive <gasps> and I had my phone. It dropped out of my hand and everybody's asking me what? What? And, and Cordy hates when I did that kind of stuff because she always thinks it's absolute worst. Somebody died. Somebody got in a car wreck. And, and I, I'm not kidding. I paused for a good 30 seconds and they were screaming, Austin, what? And I said, the Titans traded AJ. And Cordy's like, that, that's all it was? I was like, what do you mean that's all it was? Like, this is the end of it. This is the end of the world. Um, but kind of like you said, Chris, it's just you, you felt betrayed almost. Like after yeah. all they've told you, after all we've heard, it's, it's, it wasn't even a matter of, of if they got the deal done. It was a matter of when. What, when, did it, when was it going to take place? After the draft, before the draft, um, before OTAs, training camp, mini camp? When, I mean, when was it going to happen? That's all it was. No, not a matter of even – nobody even thought about the trade, trading AJ. And maybe we were just naive. Maybe we actually thought the deal would get done. Even Diana Rossini said she thought AJ was going to be the first one to get the deal done of all the receivers. I, I mean, when, thought, it comes, when it comes down to it, I tweeted this, like, that night, like, J-Rob's hands were tied. Like, AJ put him – AJ and his agent put J-Rob in a position where that was the only move that he could make. And I think that was the last thing that I expected because I didn't see AJ doing that type of situation. So the more, you know, it's come out now in the last, the last six days about it, I think there's been kind of more information. We saw, you know, AJ tweet what he tweeted and um, it wasn't his decision, this and that. AJ's going to do that. And of course he's going to delete the tweet. The more's <laughs> come out about it. And I think that, I think, you know, Tehran had the, the article that night um, about it. 
he actually talked to AJ. But I think Teresa Walker said something that, you know, from what she understood is that they were told, the Titans were told that AJ was not going to step foot on the field without a new deal. Correct. Um, AJ wanted a new deal around $25 million. Obviously, that's what he got from Philly, four years, 100 mil. Um, the Titans had a plan. They sent the offer. They got a counter from AJ and, you know, his, his agent. And uh, it was almost double of what the Titans offered. And like you said, Chris, his hands are tied. You can't yeah. pay a receiver like that, and especially AJ. We know how valuable he is to this offense. We know. Listen, I, I think when it came down to it, over the last few weeks, AJ and his best friend Jalen, they started having conversations, and they were like, "Man, it'd be so cool to play together. That'd be so cool." And and I think it came down to a situation where AJ was like, "I'm going to get traded there. I'm going to I'm going to come to Philly." And when your agent comes back and offers and requests 80 million guaranteed, which is what everybody is reporting, even Tehran, who had the initial uh, story, uh, you know, sharing AJ's side, it's, it, it, it was a for, it was a forced move. Um, yeah. Even AJ said he wasn't going to comment on requesting a trade, but that makes it pretty clear in PR speak that he requested a trade. Um, it's, it, it was a situation where, Every, everybody was up in arms about Jay robbing them um, and, and Vrabel's, you know, Vrabel's initial comments about as long as I'm the head coach, AJ's not, AJ's going to be here or whatever it was. Um, but when it comes down to it, it, it's pretty clear. And I don't know how more people didn't realize this from the beginning, um, but it was pretty clear that this move wouldn't have come about if it wasn't forced. And clearly, no, dude, AJ, I, AJ and his agent forced it. Yeah, and as that's where I feel handcuffed because that's where I thought that AJ would never put the Titans in the situation in because you've seen we've all seen the draft video a million times. We've all seen how much he liked it or apparently liked it in Middle Tennessee. The way he tweeted about the team, him handcuffing the situation is just something that I, I really just did not see coming from somebody like AJ Brown. It kind of makes me question his character and it makes me wonder like how he manipulated the public in the three years he was here, you know, where, where there's, I mean, it's, where, it's a fair, it's a fair question. Yeah. Where really there are times is. where, where he just said what we wanted him to say, you know what I mean? Um, and he didn't really feel that way and stuff. So I don't know. It's kind of made me second guess a lot of things about AJ and, and his tenure here. It's almost, I mean, it's almost like he just, you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't mean the words he said the entire time. You want to stay in Tennessee, whatever it took. You could have easily taken a hometown discount. You know, you could have easily taken a he more could have 100%. Deal, a more friendly, team-friendly deal where the incentives played out. You had a lot you want to you want to accomplish in your career. You have missed some games the last couple of years. You haven't played a full season. You could have easily made it incentivized instead of the guaranteed money and actually being, you know, paid as a top five receiver. And I love AJ to death. And I don't think any of us are, are, are dumb enough to say AJ was a top five receiver. He's not. He was on the cusp, if not top 10, right? To pay mm -hmm. him top, top potential five. to be, potential yeah. to be, has to be, not reached that potential. To be paid top five money when you really haven't deserved it yet was in your heart, it hurts, but your brain understands it of why John Robinson didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. And if, absolutely. and if, you know, the, the whole situation of him taking Tennessee out of his bio and, and getting upset about being called a diva, if, if that kind of stuff is what kind of sprung him wanting out of Nashville, then kind of glad he's gone because that's, that's kind of a soft mentality for an NFL player to have. John's not going to play those games. Yeah. Never has, never it's, will. It's, it's just selfish to think, oh, they don't like me anymore. I'm, I went out of here, you know. And I think, I think we can all agree that I, I'm never going to stop being an AJ fan. I think he. Uh, no, I hope I hope he's very successful in Philly. Yeah, I mean, kind of. We've talked about this. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Austin and I both love Jalen Hurts too, yeah. and I we've even talked about like Jalen, Jalen and AJ playing together. But we thought it might be in Tennessee as opposed to uh, Philly. But I mean, I you know I've, I've got. I've got a close friend who's a Philly fan. I've never rooted against the Eagles, really. So, I mean. I think 
you know, when we look back at this in a few years, like we just kind of talked about, I hope success for him. How much success, I don't know. You know, I don't want to sit and say I hope he's an all-pro every single year because that's going to make the Titans look silly. Um, but I do know that I think that it, looking back, I don't think Vrabel and J-Rob will ever talk about a player and their commitment to him ever again like they did A.J. I don't think can't they can. You, can't exactly, you can't afford to because your ward only goes so far and you see what A.J. did. He turns back on you and he wasn't going to play you for saw, you. And you saw the look on their faces too. That gif that has gone viral of, of Mike getting up from the chair, and maybe it was before the, the trade or maybe it was after the, the trailing pick. You know he's excited as hell to get trailing. And we'll talk about that in a second. But it's just the fact that a guy that meant so much to your community, the locker room, is going like that. When you Man, tried you everything what. you could to make it work. I do kind of yeah, like I, the in that I do kind of like the juxtaposition of Vin Marino smiling. Cause I'm thinking, I see that smile and I'm thinking, yeah, the money guy's glad he doesn't have to pay the contract. Yeah. Man, I tell you what though, I, I truly feel for Traylon Burks. I really do, because the entire 24 hours until he was speaking to the media the next day was nothing about him. And if when it was, it was, you know. All right, well, this dude better be an all-pro right away. He better be rookie of the year. He better be this. And he's t- he's a different – like, yes, his comp, his NFL comp is A.J. Brown, but he's a different guy, different locker room person. And I just – I feel bad for him because I don't want him to take the, the fall. Like, if he doesn't have 600 yards and five touchdowns within the first three games, it's going to be okay. Just don't let it loose on him because he's not doing exactly what A.J. Brown is doing. Jason Martin mentioned something on the radio, Brett. Um, and he didn't mention the podcast, but he mentioned there was a Vanderbilt medical podcast that talked about the Titans and all the injuries they had last year. And they dismissed all of them, meaning all of them, the players would be, you know, okay in the long term, except one player, AJ, AJ Brown. Uh, they looked at it and said that he had a degener- degenerative knee issue and his career will end earlier than people think. Now, again, these are doctors that, you know, they are suggesting things and assuming things. Who knows what will actually happen? Is there more to the story about the medical side than we knew? Were, were the Titans I, willing I, to take that chance? No, I think they were scared. I really do. I mean, he's had, what, two two knee scopes now? And, and back-to-back seasons, he's already and, had yeah. a knee surgery, two knee surgeries as well. So, I mean, that's already, that's, that's already three or four knee surgeries or or looks at and he's not even 25 years old yeah i mean the i think the injury injury definitely comes into play um it's i think there's a lot of factors i mean i think his social media antics come into play i think stuff like that i think there's a i think there's a, a gluttony of of different reasons that they didn't want to sign him for 25 million a year that's what it comes I mean, to. I mean, it's it's got to say something if if they didn't do it, right? Right. I mean, I mean, because this is a guy, one... this is a guy that Vrabel has like become a father figure to almost. Yeah. You know? This yeah. is a guy that that John Robinson clearly loves and cares for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it speaks volumes that uh, they didn't want to mismanage Miss Amy's money. When it comes yeah, to that. Austin. I know you had to step away for a second. We said you know, while you were gone, they said clearly there had to be something about why they didn't want to use that $25 million. It's, and it says something too, that they didn't want to use that 25 million. Cause if they did, I feel like they would have done it pretty quickly. Jeff Simmons. No, I thought about that as well. I, really and I, don't want to, I know I've seen a lot on Twitter about don't compare the two. It's, it's not one or the other. It's not. I mean, it's not, but but if you had to pick between the two, it's Jeff it Simmons. I mean, if you had yes. to pick, it's Jeffrey Simmons, without a doubt. People would argue. Listen, though. people would here's argue. Here's the thing: that. AJ could be one of the top receivers at his position. I mean, but, top top players at his position. But, Jeffrey Simmons could be one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Yes, he's already top five at his position. Yeah, I AJ's mean, he not. could be. Jeffrey Simmons has the potential to go down as one of the best ever. If he reaches that potential, you know, we don't know. Like, it, that's to be to be determined, right? AJ doesn't have that kind of potential, I don't think, to be one of the best ever. Jeffrey Simmons is a rare breed of a player. I mean, this is a guy that in his in his first year, at the end of his first year, that he didn't even play every game was being compared to a future Aaron Donald. Like, it, it, he's special. He's part of the reason they won that Chargers game in the first ever game that he ever yeah. played in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So, <laughs> and all in all, I think the only thing that maybe could have been different about this AJ thing, AJ would still be here, is that they trade for Jalen Hurts, right? Possible. It's possible. I think that's probably the only way this thing is it, AJ's still around is if he trades uh, Titan trade for Jalen Hurts. We know that was never going to happen. I think yeah. Jalen, and we saw reports, Jalen kept whispering in the Howie Rosen's oh. ear multiple times. Hey, tampering. I'm talking to AJ. It's not getting yeah. done there. Well, we got to do to get him. So you know what? Philly, you know what Philly's might, you know what might also still have AJ here is if they drafted Elijah Moore last year. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Now let's get into it. Now that we've seen the entire draft class, um, do you feel better about the AJ trade? I think the answer is obviously yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. I think, you know, when they trade, they trade to get the 18th pick. You're thinking, all right, now who? It's got to be a receiver. Who's on the board, Brett? Oh, as, as, soon as, as soon as they traded him, it had to have been Traylon or one of those receivers. Had to be. They go with the guy that you and I thought. We thought it'd be at 26. Didn't know if he'd last at 26, yep. but we thought it'd be Traylon Burks. So yep. excited that that's him. I think he's a very similar, and I mean very similar, type of player like A.J. Brown. Like, it's almost identical. You watch highlights, you like him. Yeah. I've seen him so, do it quite a bit. There's so much – there's been so much talk about, oh, man, I think A.J. could do some of the stuff that Debo does. But I think Traylon is a bigger Debo. Like, the, just the shiftiness and the and – the, I don't know, man. I think he – I think His separation speed? Yeah. After the he's catch fun. with the ball in his hands? He's really fun to watch. And, you know, Brad, I know you were, you were raving about him throughout the, the whole offseason pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a situation where if, if he doesn't come in and produce right away, there, there will be concerns. But I think there's going to be some form of production just because of his skill set. Oh, yeah. You're, um, you're going to see in one, at least two or three of those games, you're going to see the flash of what you might see the entire season of, like his second and third years in the league. And he's coming in with no injury concerns, which yep. is rare for a Titans first-round pick. And I don't I know if you guys heard, but the, the the two, three days after he was drafted, story after story after story that was released, whether he was on air, whether somebody else was talking about him, every single word said about this dude was, man, this guy is awesome. Off the field, this, you can't get a better person. On the field, this guy listens. He's fast. He does this, that. He does that. Sam Pittman raved about him. Michael Felder went on the radio today and said that Traylon Burks is the only player that's ever made him cry because, because Traylon was such a good person and the way he carried himself actually got to Michael Felder and made him feel a certain way that made him cry, which he's is just, insane. He so fits it's his, just, He fits his culture so well. He does, yeah. man. He does. It's his team's mentality. And he's just like, when he comes down to it, he's kind of got that J-Rob, Ben Jones, just a good old boy. Good old country ben, boy thing. He said Ben Jones was the first guy that contacted him. Him and Robert Which Woods. Is awesome. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be. Ask, yeah. They're going to be close, I think. Ben Jones and and Traylon. Probably to ask him his hunting spot. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go to hunt? Probably to ask him while he while he hunts wild boar with a knife. Um, I like how Vrabel said he'd be willing to try. <laughs> Can you yeah. picture Vrabel? Vrabel's just going to be out there covered in hog blood. <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm very excited to have him. Um, it's, it's the guy that I've wanted from the beginning. The if it wasn't O-line, it was trailing for me. I know yeah. Brett and I talked about it. So um, the thing about trailing that, you know, it, it reminds you, I don't want to keep comparing the two, but they're very similar players. Since 2016, trailing has the fourth most explosive plays at 20-plus yards in the SEC. I mean, we saw m- many of those stats with AJ in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, with the explosive plays of twenty plus yards, forty plus yards, what and he did, it. he did it in the SEC too. Yeah. He made he did it against really, He made really good cornerbacks and DBs look silly. Yeah, yeah, consistently. Yeah, I saw a clip uh, on Twitter where he made uh, second round pit Roger McCreary look silly, um, and McCreary it, talked about that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, there's it's 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 a situation. I think he. I don't. I don't think of of any of the wide receivers. Um, I think he's probably one of the top two or three coming into the best situation for him. 
So mm-hmm. they go Charlie Burks with the 18th pick. They get the, the, the pick from the Philadelphia Eagles. And they have to get the water series so they get Traylon Burks. They go to pick 26, times back on the clock. What do they do? They trade back. Genius. All right, they pick up two more picks for day two. They had a total of four picks on day two. We talked about that. They didn't need more picks, a deeper draft class. Um, on day two, I'm going to run through, run through these real quick, and we'll talk, kind of talk about them all. Uh, round two, pick 35, Roger McCreary, a DB out of Auburn, cornerback, first-team All-American. Okay, this wasn't just a, a random pick, a reach. This guy, I mean, in the, in the best conference in America, um, was a first-team All-American, okay, for a, a decent Auburn team. So that's that. They, in the third round, uh, another pick they got back from the Jets, uh, they took Nicholas Petit for He's a tackle from Ohio State. We talked about him before in the podcast. Then another pick in the third round. They trade up just four picks with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders to draft Malik Willis, a guy that was projected top 10 by a lot of people, first round by a lot of people. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, wow, as I think we, we all kind of said at that time. Day three, they go get Hassan Haskins running back from Michigan. Uh, your boy right here, Chris, the guy you, you've been banging Chigo. the table for. Yeah, the guy you've been banging the table for a long time. Chigo Okwankwo, a tight end from Maryland. Round five, Kyle Phillips, a wide receiver from UCLA, a slot guy uh, that we can talk about. And then these last two picks, man, kind of wasn't expecting either. I think there may be a reach for both, uh, but – when you think about it, you're like, these guys will kind of fit well for this team. Uh, a guy that I know pretty well, uh, Theo Jackson, played here, local guy, Overton High School, went to Tennessee, defensive back. He's going to be great on special teams, but I think a guy as well who's going to fit really well in the locker room if he, if he sticks around. I think he can. I think he's a guy that can be here uh, for, you know, a couple years. And then the last pick they had, uh, 219 overall, Chance Campbell, a linebacker from Ole Miss, who can absolutely fly. He was probably one of the – He can thump. One of the highlights of a really bad Ole Miss uh, defense, uh, 109 tackles and 12 and a half tackles for loss, three, uh, six sacks, three fumble recoveries. He can take that Nick DeZubner role on special teams. Yeah, see you, Nick. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to take a chance on chance. So there's your draft class overall. Guys, talk about a few of your favorite picks. What picks did you think were reaches? What picks did you absolutely fall in love with? Um, <clears throat> I was the one banging the table saying that the Titans would draft one of these quarterbacks, one of the top quarterbacks. Never in my wildest dreams did A, I think it would be Malik Willis because I didn't think he'd fall, and B, that it would be Malik Willis in the third round. This is easily the best value that any team got in the draft, I think. This is a guy that if he developed – this, he's, he's probably coming in as one of the top three or four most explosive quarterbacks in the league um but if he can develop between the ears and you know be able to read defenses a little better and those sort of things it's his his potential is sky high um so to get a player like that in the third round um i'm glad that uh this team was willing to go bpa and took him um, i know we'll talk more about oh sorry chris go ahead no go ahead you got it i was just say i know we'll talk more about Malik in just a second. So I will say that I really like Theo Jackson's pick. Uh, solely because, like you said, Austin, you, or you mentioned the speed for for Campbell, but also for Theo as well, man. Like, Theo was was quietly one of the better defenders on the Tennessee defense last year. And, and the seen, plays that he made. I've seen, I don't watch Tennessee football. You don't know that. But I've seen several uh, Vols fans. I've heard several Vols fans say that he may have been more valuable to that secondary than Alante Taylor. Dude, dude, he was very valuable to the defense. And Alante was that that guy who you knew he was going to be there. He's almost like the Kevin Byard, so they were always going to be good. Theo Jackson to this to the Tennessee defense was kind of like what Dane Kruchenk was to the Titans defense last year. And I think the Titans are kind of hoping that Theo can maybe fill in that role in the long run. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's going to need some work, but the special teams is definitely going to be there. The speed's definitely going to be there. So I, I really like the, the late value pick there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the more I think about it, and when it happened, I was like, what? But I watched a lot of this guy in college because they were pretty much on TV every single week. Hassan Haskins. What about that pick? Just really – yeah, man. And he's I, he's a good compliment yeah. to, to Derek. And we, kinda, we saw what, you know, the Titans can do running back by committee. 
He's definitely going to be a big part of the offense next year. They're going to they're going to use him quite yeah. a bit, especially because yeah, I, I don't think they. I think especially after the injury injury last year, um, I kind of think that they don't want to overwork Derek like they kind of have the last few years. So if you can spell Derek, especially in the first first three quarters, let Derek let Derek be fresh and ready to go in the fourth. You know, um, where he can really punish people, um, but. Haskins, Haskins can can he's a he's got a truckload in his lower legs and he he can move the pile. Ignore Collins behind me. He's physical. He's a downhill runner. He's not your home run hitter. Uh, no. but short yardage situations at the goal line. Yeah, I mean Derek's back there, but Hassan is too now. Yeah, I I hope they I hope we see some packages with both of them on the field. Um, oh, I, I, would, I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think, uh, I, you know, a lot of people called Foreman, you know, baby Derek at times because uh, he, he ran similar to him. But I don't think even Foreman ran with the physicality that Haskins runs with. So it's going to be yeah, really interesting those, to see. Some of those videos that were put on social media of Hassan at Michigan, the way he was hurling over people, the way he was running through people. I mean, you're that's a good point, Chris. That's a great point. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, come week one, how that running back room shakes shakes out. Because right now you've got Derek, obviously, going to make the team. Um, Hilliard's back <laughs> Are there. You sure? Jordan Wilkins, Trenton Cannon, and now Hassan Haskins, plus Tory Carter at fullback. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's somebody's getting cut from that room. Probably two people are getting cut from that room. Um, and I think I think some of the the uh, camp battles there are going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard for the Titans to go past without having. I mean, I could maybe see them carrying four, but for me, it's going to be it's most likely going to be Derek. That's that, that would be the top three for me as of right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you're right there. But you know, we saw what Jordan Wilkins could do as a as a complimentary back in, in Indianapolis. Um, if anything, Carter's the one that's hurting the most. Not Carter, yeah. uh, Cannon. Cannon, yeah. But he also brings special teams and, and can do, do returns and stuff. So, you know, it seems like every one of them kind of have have their niche. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be really, you know, we saw Hilliard. Hilliard can take first and second down snaps. Wilkins, I don't think so. But they both can do that third down pass catching uh, type type uh, running back position, so it it's going to be really interesting. That's that's probably the the position group that I'm most excited to watch uh, in, during training camp and see how everything shakes out. Are you surprised the Titans didn't go linebacker earlier? No, or no, no. I mean, I think you know your your top three are locked in, right? Um, between uh, Cunningham, David Long Jr. and and uh, Monty Rice. Those three are locked mm-hmm. in. Um, that fourth spot, I think, was was always going to be a, a either a rookie or a free agent fill-in, like a, a Will Compton type guy, you know, um, Nick Dezubnar type. Um, yeah. So so to get to get a guy that actually has potential that late in the draft, um, it's like he can he can fly through I, the hole. He can. I think. Um, I, I think I think Monty's rookie season before he got hurt in the New England game, I believe. I think before that, you know, you could possibly see a goalie being drafted or anything like that. Or not a goalie. Sorry, I have hockey on in the background. You could see a linebacker. You could see a linebacker being drafted. But the way that Monty played and honestly really impressed a lot of people, probably made the Titans feel comfortable that they didn't have to take a linebacker within the first four rounds. Yeah, um, and and I think it's a situation where they'll be. You know, there'll be probably I, I think there's actually a couple uh like just veteran linebackers on the roster right now, if I remember. I mean, Dylan Cole, I think, is still here, right? Yep. Um yep. so and I wouldn't be shocked if they bring one more in, just you know, for training camp competition type stuff. But yeah, I think that's a, a position where they're gonna give Chance Campbell every every chance to make the roster as a I, I think I think we're gonna see Chance Campbell at some point this season. Have one of those special teams hits where we're all just like, oh, you know what I like mean? The like the Dylan Coles hit in the Houston game last year. Exactly. Like I, I think we'll see some of that from Chance Campbell. 
J-Rob knows how to find those late-round gems, too. We know that. Dude, he does. Hey, hey, you had Jay on Brown for five years, too. That was a nice little late pickup. 100%. I think – I mean, like, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say I, that this entire drive class will be hits, but from the looks all of it, them could be. <laughs> a lot of people really like this draft class after even all the A.J. Brown situation. I think I mean, J-Rob made up, made up for the – I think Thursday night we're all scratching our head thinking, what's next? Oh my God. And they go Roger McCreary that we haven't really talked, you know, talked much about. Um, they go Rogers for cornerback. You're thinking, dude, that's not a need. That's not a that's not a, a glaring need right now. Yeah. Um, then they go tackle. It's a need. Then you get your quarterback, <clears throat> which I kind of want to turn our focus on that now. Is is Malik Willis the the franchise quarterback, the future? In in 2023 and beyond, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think he yeah. has every chance to be. I mean, dude, this I is think. this is a guy that we have heard all all season was QB one in the draft. Yeah, by the by the smart yeah. analyst, I think. Yeah, like like they talked about the Lions taking him at number ten. My hot take was the Lions at two, which I was completely wrong. Yeah. About. and but, I think but you too. but you weren't the only one saying that. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe not two, but there were plenty of people saying top three, top four pick for Malik Willis. I really it makes you think were the GMs are, are teams really low on these players or are they just kind of overhyped these guys? I, mean, I, I don't, don't think so. I, I saw one thing, uh, and I think this is a really good explanation for Ritter and, and Willis's and, and Howell and Cor- Corral, all those guys. The reason they fail is that the way quarterbacks are in the league right now, if you if you're not 100% certain that it's a sure thing, like is if you're not certain that this guy can compete with the Josh Allens and the Pat Mahomes, then you're not going to take that risk. And it makes sense. I mean, just look at the numbers of the contract numbers uh, that we've seen floating around on Twitter of if Malik was what a top 15 pick versus yeah. what yep. he ended up being. That's a that's a lot of cap space. Um so I think it makes sense. Like if, if you're not a hundred percent certain, which you're not a hundred percent certain about anybody, like players bust out right. all the time. Um, but if if you don't have that that you know the smidge of a guarantee, then you're not gonna take the risk. I think yeah, no, and I think now too, the 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 guys that have taken in the in round one and round two are looked at, look, you better produce right away, you better produce so much. And if Malik if you're not looking at Malik or any of these quarterbacks to do that for you, then they don't want to take the risk of, I mean, like if Malik Willis is taking at 26 Titans fans are going to expect him to be starting day one, you know, and in round three, round four, you're not necessarily expecting that. And like Chris said, you can, you can draft let you can pay less if you draft later. And Jason Fitz too said that, you know, he talked to NFL executives and some people around the league. And he said of these quarterbacks, if they were in the class last year, what's the highest you would have them? In, of, in the quarterback class. And somebody said, you know, of all the quarterbacks this year, they would have been the fourth best quarterback last year. One guy said all of all these quarterbacks, they would have been the seventh best quarterback last year. So I think some GMs are looking at, you know, it's not as strong of a draft class. So if we take the risk there in the first or second round and they bust out, we're going to look horrible. That's a good point. And I also think too, you know, if we know uh, Kenny went in the first round, Desmond went right before uh, Malik, to the Falcons under Arthur. I know, Chris, you love that. Desmond's your boy. Uh, I think that's a great, great offense for him to learn from. And I know you watch him. You know, when when was – how far was Malik going to fall before somebody actually got him? Did J-Rob know something that another team was going to, you know, get him right there? Um, that's why I traded up just four picks. Kind of confusing, but, you know, he showed up for a reason. You got to get your guy, so – I'm all for it. I think the Titans now have two really good players with some dope nicknames and Music City Malik and Broadway Burks. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Broadway Burks floating. Dude, I have y'all seen, seen that? Hey, hey, that means it's time for a second victory to uh, license that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Broadway Burks like Broadway is, Burks, is a solid man. one too, man. I like that, dude. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that's really good. But there's, like you said, Brett, there's not a whole lot of expectation on Malik right no. away. Let him learn from Tannehill. We'll dive into that in a minute. Um, learn the offense, be accustomed to the city, to, to the yeah. playbook, to the you know the team. 
And then after that, we'll see what happens. We're not wishing any bad will, no juju, bad juju on, on Ryan Tannehill. I still want this team to compete yeah. and win the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, yes. Absolutely. But looking beyond, you got a guy who is very, very talented and sitting behind you. I want to see him play at some point. You know, the way the league is now, I think the 49ers are a perfect example of it, using Trey Lance quite a bit. You know, I think you can find some yeah. packages for Malik if that's the way they want to go. Here's the thing. Malik, I, Malik will here in the preseason. Sure. He's going to get sure. that starting chance at some point. Sure. But I can't wait. The, here's, my, here's the way I think about it. I think Trey Lance and Malik Willis have the same potential. Okay. I I don't know how you look at Trey Lance's history and his game film and think he's that much better than Malik Willis. Look at everything the Niners gave up for Trey Lance and look at where the Titans got Malik Willis. Yep. The value is astronomical. I think the only downside of it is you know there's no fifth year option from the league if that was the case, but you know he's going to redshirt a year behind yeah. Tannehill. Then if it like That's you said, tag, though, That's, yeah. You got the franchise tag. Yeah, three years to to kind of prove your worth. If you are the franchise quarterback, they pay him long term. Um, I have been preaching for the longest time that we know that Ryan Tannehill. It's obvious Ryan Tannehill just can't compete with these younger AFC quarterbacks. It's what it is. The AFC has gotten tougher year by year uh, since Tannehill became a starter. Since Mahomes became a starter in the league, okay. The Titans had to go younger. They had to get somebody flashy. They somebody to compete with those quarterbacks. I think Malik can be that guy. The Titans needed somebody like Malik Willis. He falls in their lap in the third round. It's it's a home run for everybody, man. And he's having the chip on his shoulder too. Malik, I said Malik included. Yeah, and it, like it's Malik kind of has a game where it's hard to compare him to anybody. We've seen him compared to to Steve Manair. Um but I, th- I, I was actually reading an article the, the night that we drafted him, and I don't remember who it was, uh, but he said, I haven't been able to give a comp to Malik Willis, but the closest I can get based on uh, where I think his ceiling is and where I think his athletic ability is, is Josh Allen. Now, if we have Josh Allen on this roster in two years, I will lose my mind. Like, that is <laughs> That uh, and, Josh and, Allen is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. I love his game, and I think I mean I think from an athletic standpoint, Malik Willis is right there. Absolutely. Um, but you know, obviously, we saw Josh Allen have a huge jump in his accuracy, um, and I think that comes with a lot of the offense being constructed in a way that benefits him. So, this is something that that Vrabel and his staff have to have to think about: is how do we construct this roster to most benefit a guy like Malik Willis in the future. I tweeted this out Thursday night, but the offensive rebuild has started. Six of the nine draft picks were offense. Yep. These are guys we're going to see, uh, you know, be the French faces of the franchise and, and key solid contributors for the next three, four years uh, are going to come from this draft class. Will they all be hits? We're going to find out. Will they all be bust? We're going to find out. Uh, this is a massive draft for J-Rob. It could have saved or, or – Save this job. I know we got an extension, but um, you can always get the boot too. So let's let's also remember that um, I think there were there were only really like what five free agents or trades brought in in the offseason, and all of them but one, being AJ Moore, were offense. So I mean, they've invested free agency capital and trade capital with Robert Woods, but they've invested that free agency capital into rebuilding the offense this season too. I'm excited. I'm not gonna lie, I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited too. for Chig. Man, yeah. I cannot I cannot wait to see that guy on the field. Uh I you know, a lot of people compare him to Johnny Smith, but even Johnny Smith was compared to Delaney uh coming coming into the team through the draft. And I I see I see Delaney, a Delaney clone. Uh, I see way more Delaney than I do Johnny. Uh I just can't wait to see this dude on the field. A few players that I mean I, I wanted went earlier than the tights could get. You know, Jimmy Rucker was a guy. Those tight ends went pretty fast um, yeah. on on day three, even day two. Um, Mechie went a lot higher than I thought. So, yeah. oh, no, I'm happy to draft class. Um, so, kind of going back to Malik and, and, and his redshirt year and kind of what that looks like. 
Titans have been in the news for multiple reasons this last week. Um, started with the AJ news. Started with the, you know, the Malik happening. That was a bombshell. You know, one of the more high-profile players in the draft goes to Titans. You're going to talk about and kind of what that fit looks like. And then yesterday, Ryan Tannehill talks kind of the first time since the playoff no, game. No, it is. Since the it is the yeah. first time since first time yeah. since the playoff game, and and you know the national media is going to grill his ass for multiple things, multiple things. Why you haven't talked since then? Um, have you reached out? You know the rumors of you know um, have you reached out to Malik Willis? You have you texted him yet? Things like that. Why haven't you tweeted? Why didn't you congratulate you know Traylon Burks? All these things, just a bunch of bullshit that I did, the national media I, wants to make up. I did find it interesting that he said he did text Traylon the night he got drafted, yeah. but Traylon just he didn't see the text. Um, Dude, he – yeah, man, he, he handled the situation in the press conference extremely well except for one answer. Yeah, talk about it. Dude, look, man – when I heard him say, I don't think it's my job to mentor Malik, I, I immediately got that feeling. It was like, man, why did you say that? Like, I, there's, there's no chance to, but, but that to go viral. And so, man, like, I, I look at it as, and granted, obviously, I'm not in the NFL and all that, but I mean, like, played, played college golf and all that. It's totally different than football, but man, like, I, I always looked at it as, man, you help the guys that, that come in under you. Uh, I mean, that's just the way that I always looked at it. Um, and like I said, I know the NFL is totally different. But if, if you're going to say it that way, don't say it. Say it differently. Word it differently. Say, yeah, man, I think it'd be good if he learns from me. Just for you to step out and say, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, which it's not in the contract or anything like that. But the way that it looks and the way that it comes across as it comes across as I don't care about this player. I'm doing my job. I'm here just to throw the football and hand it off to Derrick Henry and I'm going to move on. And just the look that it gives off is not a good look. Now, I know that's not necessarily what he meant, but I, you got to go about it a different way. So his full quote was. I don't think it's my job to mentor Malik Willis, but if he learns from me. Then that's a good thing. And there was a pause between the Malik Lewis and the butt. Um, we know there was there was there was some history in Miami where rumors of Jarvis Landry and other receivers saying Tannehill had a leadership issue. Are we seeing it again? Possibly. This time it's a guy that they drafted. No, he wasn't. You know, we we know that he was not told they were drafting Malik. There was no discussions about that. Hey man, we're gonna draft Malik Willis. How do you feel about that? I think Tannehill is an insecure guy. I think, you know, he wants everyone to look at him as the leader. I think the Titans have multiple leaders. So that's how they constructed their team. It's more than one guy. It's not, it's not just a quarterback room. Uh, the quarter, it's not just a quarterback. Um, it's not his responsibility to mentor Malik. I'm going to be honest. That's my take on it. It's not. Uh, throughout the, the history of the league, the different quarterbacks that we've seen, from, from Favre to Alex Smith and so on. I, mean, I know Chris talked, you talked about it as well. There's other quarterbacks too in there. It's not their job. Their job is to get paid and win a lot of games for the team um, and focus on that solely. Now, it is Malik's job to be prepared if something happens to Ryan Tannehill. So that's where he's going to learn from Ryan. Uh, any backup quarterback can be prepared by just watching, sitting in meetings, watching the practice, et cetera. So I think that's where he's going to learn the most. And I think it's going to come along the way. I think, I think he is going to, you know, at some way, somehow Ryan's going to have to mentor Malik, but it's not his job. He's not going to come in every day and say, Hey, where's Malik at? I need to talk to Malik. That's not him. That's on the coaches. I think we're getting caught up in, in terminology a little too much. Drama. 100, 100% agree. Not Tannehill's job to mentor. Now, Will Tannehill share knowledge with Malik? 100%. And, and I think that's that's kind of the disconnect is, listen, I'm not going to take the guy that's trying to get my job. I'm not going to take him under my wing and, like, you know, make sure he's taken care of, make sure he knows everything. Like, that's what Tannehill's getting at, I think. It's like, 
I'm going to share my knowledge with him. We're going to sit in the same room. He'll see the tape as I, I see it. I'll share things with him. He'll hopefully, it's Malik's job to come in right now and be a sponge. And I, I think that's what Tannehill's getting at is like, if if Malik is a sponge and learns things from me, that's great. That's that's what he should be doing. It's not it's not at all Tannehill's job um, to, to be a mentor to Malik. Um, now, do I do I see it? Do I see what guys like Nate Washington are saying? Like you should, you know, help the next generation. Blah blah blah. Yeah, totally. But Tannehill's in a position where he's effectively over the last three years been at the top of his game, the best he's ever played. Not obviously last year was a a little bit of a downfall, but his time in Tennessee has been the best part of his career, and. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, he's at a point in his career where he's thinking, oh, I'm on the downward side. I need to, uh, you know, it's cool for me to start getting the next guy ready. I don't think that's how he sees it. But Austin, to your point, I, that does, you, you, you made a really good point. It's got me thinking like, we've seen Tannehill be a good leader in Tennessee, but that's also because everything was going well. Yeah. And now it's not like, and we know it wasn't going well in Miami ever <laughs> pretty much yeah. while he was there. So does he shut down as a leader whenever that negativity is around? And he, you know, when it's, when things are going well, it's all fun. Like he's having a good time. He's smiling, but when things are going bad, he shuts down. It's a great point. I think it's very possible. I think that's a really good point. Austin. It's just, and I think too, I mean, I mentioned it before we came on here is that, I think with his his specific position, a quarterback, there's one on the field. Um, I think when Nate Washington talked about it, you know, he's always there to mentor his guys. Well, it's because there's more of you in a room and there's more of you on the field at one time. Um, he can mentor however many receivers he wants because they could be playing, you know, opposite of him. Well, yeah. I don't think Tannehill wants and to mentor and groom Malik because that's going to be end up, you know, it's a guy that's going to take his job possibly one day. And the, it's funny you say that because the the veterans or the the NFL alums that I've seen talking the most about this are wide receivers and cornerbacks, the two positions that probably have the most people on the field at skill positions, right? So it's you know it's it's one of the things like there is only one quarterback on the team or on the field at a time, but you know just in the Titans' case, like they just drafted their fourth cornerback in the last three years, like. You cornerback is you can never you can never have enough of those guys, right? Um, so I I would hope that those guys are looking out for each other because I mean let's let's face it, Christian Fulton needs to be helping Caleb Farley because Christian Fulton's job depends on Caleb Farley doing well, you know. Um, so yeah, it's that's another good point. It's just it he's gonna get heat for it, man. Um... It's just what it is. I think if I mean any other quarterback said this too. Um, if if Marcus said this about Ritter or um, Trubisky said this about Pickett, they'd be in the news too. But Tannehill was just the one that said it. And I think something too that Tannehill needs some some PR lessons. Yeah, he says some shit in some press conferences sometimes that I don't know if if J. Rob and, and Mike are back there banging their head on the wall saying why did you say that? I think he, I think it's he blowing needs some media up training. too. Yeah, yeah, I think it's blowing up too because it's Tannehill that said it like like people know that in Atlanta Marcus necessarily isn't going to be there for the next 10 years like they might expect him to be there Bridge quarterback. people know that yeah people know that you know Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to be in Carolina for 10 years when they brought in Sam Darnold it's the fact that Tannehill is still the starter and he took this team to a number one seed and they lose, and, and he says it after they draft the quarterback. It's it's blowing up a ton. One, of course, because he said it, and two, because it's him that actually said it. And the fact you have, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the highest cap hit in the league next year. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Which, that's one blemish on John Robinson's resume that I'll never forgive him for. But let's let me let me ask this: If Derrick Henry was asked that same question, would you be shocked if he answered it the same way about Hassan Haskins? I wouldn't. It's not Derrick Henry's job to mentor Haskins. 
Do you think Derrick Henry mentored Darrington Evans? I don't think Darrington Evans even wanted to be mentored. I said I don't think Darrington Evans cared to be mentored. I, don't know. I right. think Darrington Evans was just a um, imagination thing. I don't think he was even a real a real person. <laughs> I said that a long time. I don't know if he was even a, a thing. Have you seen him get picked up yet by a team? Has he? He got picked up. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Bears. Yeah. Sorry. Chicago. Well, that's not going to last long. He's still yeah. probably. So. He's on Madden. Yeah. It's just been a wild week. Multiple things. A down, you know, negative, a, a positive, a lot of positives. I'm very excited oh, about well, this draft class. We didn't even talk about Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips. That dude's going to be a stud, I think. He's he he's the he's got some skill set where he could be on the field day one. Yeah. Like he's 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 such a good route runner. He's shifty. Like maybe he's, he's kind of what you wanted out of Humphreys, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Oh, yeah. Possibly. There's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. You can Anything. maybe get out of McCreer. You can... Yeah, I, I out of Brett, uh Haskins. Yeah, Brett got cut off. I, I'm hoping um that McCreary pick, and and I think I text you guys this. I hope that McCreary pick was not a um, makeup for Caleb Farley really? last year. I don't think so. I, mean, I don't either. I, as I, I said, corner cornerback is one of those you you can never have enough cornerbacks. 100%. We saw it last year. Like, I mean, there obviously they had to pull Buster Screen off the street to start, and luckily he was good and played well. But like that could have gone, nice. you know, that could have been awful. Um, that's that's just a position, but. You know, we also know Elijah Molden has some safety in him, right? So is do you know Molden's kind of kind of got that versatility where maybe he's going to play the Dane Crookshank role and let McCreary be the slot guy. So that's what I was thinking too. I mean, long term, maybe that maybe that's that's the plan. Maybe they've had talks about well, Amani's coming up for a contract. Do you pay Amani? Do you let him walk? What's his bag gonna look like? Well, if that's the case, he walks, you move Molden to that position. Yeah. Um and then you have your, you know, your your three cornerbacks right there, McCreary, Farley, and and Fulton. It's a deep secondary room now. It's it is. It's a really yeah. good secondary room. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Anything I mean, surprise you at all? I would, draft? I would argue the worst cornerback in that room right now that will probably be on the roster is Chris Jackson. That's a guy yeah. that if he has to spot start, fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, so. I just we're back to kind of like when uh when LaShawn Sims was the worst cornerback in the room, and I I like LaShawn as the cornerback four. Yeah. Uh surprises, Austin, the fact that Malik Willis fell to the third round. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Anything surprise you at all in the correct draft cruise? Um I mean, I I was kind of surprised by Theo Jackson. I just didn't expect like I had I hadn't heard anything about him being like a drafty um and then I say Brugler doesn't even have him like ranked as a draft prospect. Uh, that one kind of surprised me, but um, then I hear a lot of talk about him from Vols fans, and I, I think it's a good fit for the team. Um, I mean, Roger Roger McCreary kind of surprised me just because I didn't expect cornerback that high, um, but I like it. I mean, it, after seeing a, a lot of this stuff, seeing Justin Mello talk about him, like that fired me up. Yeah. Um, but um, there's a – I love this draft class. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of potential in it. I think something that surprised me um, not times later was uh, Wondell Robinson going as high as he did to the Giants. Cole yeah. Strange going in the first round. Alante Taylor went pretty high. Talked about yeah, that. he did. Um, <laughs> Multiple things. Cole Strange in the first round. Cole Strange. Yeah. The Patriots, I think it was Matt Miller, uh, was talking about it. And he said, he said, I have, I mean, and, and let's be honest, Belichick has not had good drafts over like no. the last five plus years. No. And Matt Miller was saying, like, when I look at the Patriots, I literally have zero clue what they were thinking in this draft. Seriously. Yeah, they had a rough draft. That's for sure. Uh, next time we talk, it's going to be most likely when the schedule comes out, we'll talk about that and dissect that. We've said it before, really tough schedules next year. A lot of good teams, a lot of good quarterbacks, the NFC East and the AFC West. So the and Titans we, will face A.J. Brown this next year. And no international games for the Titans. We do know that. Thank God. I'm not the biggest international fan, to be honest. 
I'm not, I'm not either. I'm okay with it. It's, it's grown on me a lot. It is cool to wake up on a Sunday morning and watch it, you know, 8.30 as a game. Yep. Yeah. Kind of starts your day. That is cool, but I'm never – especially if you're the home team, it counts as a home game for you. Yeah. hate that. So, all in all, you know, it's been a crazy week, like we talked about a million times. Love the draft. Glad we're on agreement on that. Um, there's a lot of things to still happen. Titans still need – you know, one thing, guys, we never even mentioned is that the lack of interior line – you know, help that the Titans did not do in the draft. Um, we knew guard with some issues. Do they, are they going to stick with Jamarco Jones or who knows what they do there? Um, do they sign somebody off the street? Do they go get another receiver? There's some things that they still Titans need to kind of figure out um, in the next few weeks. So we'll talk about it all. Again, follow us on Twitter at Second Victory. Uh, make sure you subscribe, listen to the podcast. And um, I think we need it's time, Chris. We may need to put out some Broadway Burks and Music City Malik merch. Yeah, we'll work on that. I think so. For Chris Carter, for Brett Basher, my name is Austin Nelson. We appreciate you guys listening as always. Hope you've enjoyed it. Tighten up. Tighten, Tighten up. up.